You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Buffalo Happy Hour. Mike, what's up? Derek, we're their friends. If they might, I don't know, they might make a cameo appearance. We'll see <laughs> over at First Line Brewing. But we're sitting with one of the greats. So we'll start with introductions, and then we'll roll right into it. So what's up, man? Hey, uh, thank you guys for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you want to introduce yourself to all of the listeners that aren't watching on YouTube? Sure. Uh, I'm Reed Ferguson, a long snapper for the Bills. Um, been a long time coming. Thanks for having me on, guys. Hell yeah. Absolutely. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Absolutely. So, way back, starting way back when you were younger, you grew up in Georgia, right? Yep. And what was what was your childhood like? Like, did you always want to do football? What was what was that like? Sure. So, I uh, grew up uh, basketball, baseball um, mm-hmm. when I was super young. Uh, got to fifth grade. Had been dying to play football. Um, got to fifth grade. Parents finally let me. Put on the pads, and um, were they reluctant to, well, because it was contact? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah. the funny thing was, uh, so in the rec league that I played in, uh, in, in the I guess before middle school, uh, if you were above, a, you had to be under. I think it was a hundred pounds, maybe, um, maybe two hundred. I don't remember. Anyway, there was a weight limit, and if you were above the weight limit, you had to wear an R on your helmet. You can't. You couldn't carry the ball. Oh, right, so they didn't want okay. the other kids to get hurt. Just get bulldozed exactly, over. <laughs> exactly. You've seen videos of the kids, right? So I was like barely over the limit on weigh-ins. And then I made it like my life's commitment as a fifth grader, right? To get under the weight limit so that I could be a ball carrier, right? thought that was the coolest thing ever. Jason Taylor was my favorite player ever, hmm. which is ironic now that I'm playing in Buffalo. Um, so... <laughs> Tried to cut out, tried to lose, tried to try to do it as best I could, uh, and got under and never touched the ball. So that was that was, that was awesome. <laughs> Still haven't. I've never scored a touchdown. Never done anything. But uh, I played. D, I started out D end, tight end uh, through uh, fifth, sixth, seventh grade. Almost stopped playing after seventh grade. Uh, my coach and my dad talked me into it. Uh, came back for the eighth grade season, and that's when uh, my career kind of changed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the center long snapper. He was a kid. He was he was a year younger playing up. He was seventh playing with the eighth graders, and he got hurt like real early. Maybe I don't know before the season maybe, and um, they needed somebody to step in. So my dad, you know, I wasn't really playing tight end defensive end. I was like I was a backup third string whatever was wasn't really getting any playing time whatsoever, and my dad came. He kind of approached me and said, you know, is it you know. Let's let's check out long snapping and play in center and just see if you can do it, right? Just see mm-hmm. if it's something. If we put, uh, you know, a weekend's worth of practice in a couple of days and see if you can go out there and get the job done. Um, so that's kind of the that's that's kind of where it started. That's when I started snapping in eighth grade, and um, and here we are. That's wild that you started that young doing that. Yeah, I didn't even yeah. know if that position existed in eighth well, grade. Well, yeah, and and so that was that would have been 2008, I believe, when I started doing that, and. Um, now, so that so once I started getting into snapping, I started going to some camps. There's there's a guy his name's Chris Rubio. He runs snapping camps all across the country, regional camps throughout the year, and then a national camp uh, twice a year in Vegas, where where everybody can come and kind of be. It's like a showcase camp. Um, so once once uh, I started going to these camps, the the longer I participated throughout high school, and then still paying attention to them now, the younger kids are starting to to start long snapping mm-hmm. because they realize um I think he started doing the camps uh early 2000s maybe a couple years before i probably started get get go into the camps um i like eighth seventh grade was kind of the youngest that did it oh, okay but then so you kind of see over the past uh, 10 13 years um, more guy, he's putting more guys in college, more guys in the league. You know, there's a, a bunch of guys in the league that have come uh, from doing his camps. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's attracting more parents that are saying, "Okay, well, I don't want my kid to play a linebacker. I don't want my kid, you know, getting out there and and uh, having a higher potential to get hurt. Sure. But my kid can still play football, but he can be a long snapper, right? Because the the um, you know, you're you're still getting. I don't know. I'm out there for what 10 to 12 plays a game, probably few, you know punts and field goals. Um, but there's there's definitely with with the with the way that the league has set up the safety rules for us, um, as far as getting hit in the head and neck area, uh, there's not as much of a potential to get hurt. You know, outside of really running down on a punt and making a tackle. Sure. Um, so I think as as far as uh, getting kids into the game, I think some parents are starting to see snapping as a route to get to to allow their kids to play the game but play it at a somewhat safer position if you will so i mean there's there's kids now that start when they're in fourth grade i mean fifth grade as early as i started playing football which is amazing i think the kid the kid that's at lsu right now his name's quentin skinner uh he went to the same high school as uh, myself and my brothers three in a row seriously yeah at lsu yep buford high school in georgia um so he started I was at my, my brother and I were at the first camp that he attended and it was uh, I think I believe he was in fourth grade fourth or fifth grade he was wow. he was late elementary school so it's pretty pretty wild and and you could see you could see it was pretty cool to see his development um, at through middle school and through high school I mean he's a he's a he's a beast now but uh, yeah it was pretty pretty cool to kind of see from from that young of an age to to because uh, it's it's not an easy thing to catch on to that the, the, the techniques and mm-hmm. stuff are very um, I don't know, time consuming is not the word but very uh, difficult to kind of pick up on because it's such an awkward thing you're not throwing you're throwing it upside down really right. you're not 
you know, as a kid, you're sitting there throwing the football, standing up, right? Uh, or you're playing catch, you know, mm-hmm. with baseball. Right. But throwing a football with two hands upside down, looking back at something, is not like any kind of natural position that you'd ever be in. Um, so to just to kind of pick up on that at such an early age is, it was was huge for him. So, uh, and he got a scholarship. So. And then you got a block. That's right. So yeah, like the so, job's not yeah. over with. Well, yeah, that's the big thing um, now that you know between college and the league. College um, and and uh, for anybody that doesn't know. College rules uh, differ a little bit from the NFL where uh, in college you can run down. So once the ball is snapped, you can run down um, the cover. The, the punt team can cover down as soon as the ball is snapped. Uh, you don't have to wait on the kick. That's why you don't see a ton of uh, returns, mm-hmm. kick, uh, punt returns in college football. Uh, because the guys are usually down there to force a fair catch yeah. or whatever, and they do that for safety reasons and stuff like that. But um, in the in in the NFL, you have to wait out, out except for the gunners on the outside. The in, the core of the punt team ha- you can't release until the ball is kicked, which is roughly around two seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why you have to you have to learn how to block, and that's a big sticking point for guys for kids that are coming out of college um, and into the NFL is really learning how to how to uh really learning that blocking system and and all the different uh defenses and rushes and looks that you might get and how to block them and how to how to read kind of what the defense is trying to throw at you um because 99 percent of colleges don't run a pro style punt they Mm -hmm. run what they call spread punt so um yeah that's that's kind of yeah hitting on the blocking part of it um that's definitely you know, a, a big thing that that causes some kids to to not make it at this level. But uh, I was fortunate enough; my dad helped me uh, learn, kind of start getting into the blocking and start studying that, uh, kind of early on in my college career. Just uh, maybe in the off season or just at practice when I wasn't doing anything for LSU, um, just kind of working on my blocking steps and stuff like that. And I was fortunate enough my first two years at LSU to have a former NFL coach. He coaches for the Giants now. Um, Thomas McGee, he's a special teams coordinator there, but he was he he really he was he was vital to my success there at LSU and kind of learning, starting to learn the pro style uh, punt system. So back in high school, you played baseball and basketball. You said um, no, I stopped in, in eighth grade. I stopped uh, or middle school. Yeah, middle yeah, school. Yeah, gotcha. I stopped at, once I got to high school. I was only football, um, which you know it's it's I think it's kind of a a mixed bag uh, you get nowadays with parents that you know or not all parents and and coaches and and uh all kinds of people are saying you know do as much as you can Mm -hmm. you know get stay as you know be try to be as athletic as possible you know it'll only be good for you and that's you know i definitely agree with that looking back on it i wish i'd still played baseball wish i you know i probably wouldn't have been good enough to make the basketball team but uh you know i wish i hadn't cut off my horizons but i think looking back on it it's worked out for me Clearly, the, right. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like it's worked out for me, so I'm kind of you know I'm I can see both sides of it. Where it's like, okay, well, I really honed in on uh, on this long snapping thing, and I spent time uh, that I would have been doing playing baseball or you know doing some kind of like track and field or something, anything else other than football. I spent the football off season training, snapping, going mm-hmm. to camps, like doing stuff that I wouldn't have been able to do if I was playing another sport so it's kind of you just have you know use your time wisely but um 
yeah, I mean, it's it's there's definitely two schools of thought, but I think it, I can see both sides. Yeah. So your your progression into LSU from high school was that a result of the school that you were at because like your high school was very good or was it more a result of the camps that you were in like how did that connection yeah. get started yeah so i think uh a little bit of both um so uh our school beaufort high school is was we were i mean we were top team in the state mm-hmm. we won a bunch of championships and all that so we were getting a lot of exposure a lot of scouts coming through uh pretty much every week but um i think my senior class put out like 15 guys to college you know it was very success their the coaching staff the the program is phenomenal um but i did the guy the so i coming back on chris rubio he uh would run his own uh regional camps with snapping and stuff but then he uh schools some some colleges would hire him to run their specialist camp um like over the their summer specialist like kicking camp or whatever mm-hmm. and he, he and rubio has a buddy named uh, chris sailor who runs the kicking and punting aspect of the camps? So it's okay. kind of an all—it's kind of a an all-encompassing specialist mm-hmm. camp um, uh, that they run around the country. But uh, so so the a couple that they ran—they ran Oregon, they ran Tennessee, um, Alabama, LSU, like just to name a couple. And I tried to go to all of them. I I, I went to all of them at least once. But I went to Tennessee. Both my parents went to Tennessee, so obviously I went to the Tennessee summer camp. Uh, the specialist camp that they ran. I went to the LSU one that they ran. So I went to those for three years, freshman, sophomore, junior year. And they had seen, you know, I'm trying to put myself in front of their eyes as many times as possible. And it just, you know, it kind of coincided with, you know, after my sophomore year, uh, sophomore, junior, senior year, I was like the number one guy in my class. So it was it just happened to be, you know, I, I was the number one guy for Rubio's camp. You know, he had a ranking, like a star system, ranking system for all the snappers that he saw. So, um, you know, I, I would be that top guy going to these camps. So, obviously, you know, I'm putting myself in the best position to um, to kind of be seen by, by, these, by these, these schools where I would like to go to college. You know, I didn't – I wasn't like, okay, I'm only going to go – to these places that these camps run right but um i those are those are some schools that i definitely would have liked to get an offer from uh ended up getting an offer from tennessee and lsu um so it just i think it was just um kind of putting myself in the best position possible you know it's it you know it definitely was a lot of practice a lot of hard work to get to that point but um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to be able to kind of travel around and, and do all that stuff. So, um, yeah, and it was, yeah. Did it's, you did you like take your brother with? You? Like, we'll talk about your brother later because yeah. you guys are both long snappers. He's for the Miami Dolphins. Yep. Did you take your brother with you to this? Was that his path that he wanted to go to, or what was that like? Yeah. So he um, he's three years younger than me. Uh, so he so when I was in eighth grade, when I was in eighth grade, he was fifth grade. Um, I had snapped two years, and then he started or once I had snapped two years, I was going into my sophomore year in, in high school and he was entering seventh grade. That's when he started snapping. Mm. He started when he was in seventh grade. So um, he, so once I started going to these camps in high school, he did tag along, he didn't participate, but he, he, st- he started doing the regional camps too. So we would all, you know, always participate in those together. But um, I'm, I'm trying to think back once. Uh, so once LSU offered me, uh, and once I once I committed there and, and started going, he uh, once he got into high school, 
he started going to the summer camps down there and he, he kind of started he basically did the same track as gotcha. me he'd go to all these different summer camps um but i think after his i think after his sophomore year les miles uh offered him a scholarship to lsu think you know we we overlapped a year so you know some people look there was there was a little bit of i don't know what you would call it uh Confusion. Confusion. As you're like, why are you? Why are we spending two of our scholarships on long snappers? Right. Like, I get it, they're brothers, but like, what? You know, this guy's riding the bench the whole time. But um, you know, I worked out. We had eight years of, of Ferguson brother snapping, and um, that's a know, legacy. We're, man. we're successful. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's wild. It set, kind of set the tone for the special teams to uh, special teams legacy. But um, yeah, I mean, he 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 kind of followed very a very similar path. Um, as I have, and, and luckily enough, here we are playing each other twice a year. That's sweet. That's pretty cool. Two and zero, by the way. So, that, <laughs> never that's let right. him forget it. So. I, signed, I, I, I sent him. We, we swapped jerseys, obviously, like after the first game we played. Um, uh, so we played him in Miami first, which was awesome to kind of get that first one out of the way uh, at his home stadium. But I signed the jersey. I was like Ferguson Bowl. Want to know? Never forget it. So, <laughs> so he can't forget it. He, it's always I've always got the bragging rights. So. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. So for like, because Derek played different sports, and then the whole dynamic of upstate sports in New York, specifically football, is so different from mm. your entire life. Definitely. Like, it's not even close. Definitely. If any, I hate to say it, but it's fact. If any Western New York football team went to Ohio, we would get destroyed like the dudes are just way bigger they're doing it in a from way earlier on and it's a totally different league and then down south like I'm honestly not even surprised that that's a focus is my kid can long snap because like Randy Moss is the ex and he's playing here and it's like that's normal where we have probably one wide receiver that could potentially go d2 every I don't know decade yeah. like it's not even the same league yeah so to hear that story is just mm-hmm. kind of fascinating because i don't think anybody around us understands what that's like so what was the recruiting process for you specifically from lsu like did the is it what we always hear about like the coach shows up at your house and knocks on the door and says sure. we want to talk to your son yeah so um kind of not really okay uh so i they you know i it was a lot of, uh, you know, I loved LSU ever since I started going down there. So I knew that if they offered me out, it would t- definitely be top of my consideration list. Okay. Um, but, I mean, it was, it was you know, phone calls, you know, emails, whatever, you know. Uh, they'd, come, they'd send a scout or a coach to the game. Uh, and, and it was uh, myself and a guy named Vidal Alexander, um, we both went from Buford to LSU. We were roommates at LSU for our first freshman year, um, but he was a left tackle. So we both we both ended up going. So so they had a reason to kind of come see both of us. So they were they were around pretty often, coming to the school, coming to visit, talking to coaches and stuff. But um, it was uh, I mean a very heavily involved in the process I would say, but um, it wasn't like a blindside. Uh, recruiting process for a long snapper, I would right. definitely not say, but maybe for maybe for Vidal, it'd be in a left tackle um, or Trey White. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, probably Tre'Davious, but uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely not not for me. <laughs> yeah, it was good though. I mean, I, it was uh, it's uh, you you can only go through that process once yeah. Yeah. in your life, so you gotta. And, and as a high schooler, you know, my parents were were telling me, you know, don't take any of this for granted. You know, going on all these unofficial 
trips. You know, we, we, we'd go, you know, just about every Saturday during the high school season for the last, uh, for my sophomore and junior year, we would go um, on like unofficial visits to places that were interested in me. Uh, not just, you know, we went to LSU once or twice, but I, you know, I went to North Carolina, Mississippi State, Alabama, you know, Tennessee, just different places to, um, that throughout the early recruiting process because they were, they, they were somewhat interested in me. So just taking those trips, you know, just to, to, to see the schools, have a little bit of fun, um, and kind of see each, each place's culture was, was definitely one of the coolest parts about it because it was usually just myself and my dad kind of like out for the weekend on a road trip, um, which was which was awesome. So yeah. So what was your LSU career like? When did you get the start? Right away? Yeah. So uh, I left. Um, both Tennessee and LSU asked me to graduate early because they both had guys uh, that were graduating after the senior their senior season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they wanted me to come in and start in the spring semester um, to get that spring practice in just so I could start the next the upcoming season gotcha because um, it's difficult coming in in the fall you've got a couple weeks of college and that's 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 a lot coming at you at one, at one time so yeah um, I ended up taking summer school the year before my senior year to kind of make up I kind of took second semester before first semester it was kind of, it was really weird but um to to make up for what i would miss so i so i basically i left high school at the end of uh at, after december 2011 and enrolled at lsu spring of 2012 and that's and i started spring spring practice down there uh after doing a couple months of workouts but yeah that's that's kind of how it started so yeah wow. started started for four years my brother started for four years too so is there is it the is the attack the same like defensive line, they watch film. Skills guys watch film. Is it the same for special teams in regards to like see what your wrist is doing? Is it is it that much attention to detail or as compared to like right now, or what do you mean in general? Because I don't think anybody understands what actually happens with special teams. It's oh, like, sure. well, yeah, I'll just go on the field and kick the ball, and then I yeah. have to know when to release. But it's like yeah, yeah. if outside of gunners, like I don't think anybody really knows. Yeah, anything. I think um, so. As far as uh, as far as the college level, I think. The coaches, and especially at like big programs like that, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm trying to I'm being as humble as possible. Like the big the big time programs, mm-hmm. the top the, you know top every year, they always get the best recruiting classes, best players, whatever. So they they know that, and LSU is a great example. They know that a couple of the guys that aren't the star guys are could easily make it in the NFL if they are good at special teams, right? So right. they try to push those guys. They try to push understanding special teams and playing special teams as much as possible because they know in the league, outside of Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and, and right, like a couple handful, like Tredavious White, like you're going to have a role on special teams, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. So because, they're, because of the limited roster size. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand outside of offense and defense – this is this is something that you're going to have to study more than likely unless you're some you know god-given superstar right. right so it, it uh, getting guys to understand that at an early process is is super important because it's it could be life-changing for them we we've had a couple guys uh, Russell Shepard off the top of my head he was like um, 
like a, I don't know, fourth receiver his whole time at LSU, like all American, all you know, quarterback coming out of high school, was a receiver at LSU. He was okay, I guess, at LSU. You know, made some big time plays, played for four years, I think, graduated, and I think he played. You know, he played for. Uh, he had a nice long career in the NFL. Just recently retired, is doing very well for himself. Mm-hmm. So it's like you, if you can, if you're. You have the athletic ability to make it to that school in the first place. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Learn to play special teams, and you can extend your career five years. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, depending on you could be a receiver for a couple of years, and then and then really learn that expertise of special teams, and then they say, okay, well, you're not good enough to catch balls anymore, or you're not good enough to run the ball anymore, but you can play special teams, and you're really good at being. Uh, a right tackle on the punt team. We really like you. You're, you're, no, you're a great locker room guy. Well, yeah, we'll keep you around for a couple of years. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's a real thing. You know, you can, you can step in and play for, you know, third string linebacker sometimes if we need you in the end of the season or whatever it may be. Uh, and then that, and that's how guys, that's how guys stick around and, and prolong their career. To your point, Will Compton's doing that now. With yeah, the, great with the example. Titans. Yeah, great so his, he, he runs. No free shout-outs, to use your own term, but they run busting with the boys. Yeah. And he talks about it all the time. He's like, if if I wasn't good at special teams and good at running scout, I don't even know if I'd be here. Like, But I'm able to have that conversation, and they know that I can make tackles, yeah. so they'll just throw me out on punt or yep. kickoff or whatever, and then I can literally just stay on the team and hang yep. out with the boys. Yep. It's I, yeah. fascinating. I love that you bring up athletic ability because one of my favorite – things that I remember is when I was in high school I would like always run drills just with my friends and I would time my 40 time and it was atrocious because I'm not an athlete Same. whatsoever Same. so but like, I, I would look up some of this stuff and the the one that I really remember is Vince Wilfork from the Patriots he's a big dude yeah. and I'm like this dude runs miles faster than I do how does that Great. even happen uh, but it just goes to what you're saying like yeah. if you're an athlete and you're getting recruited by these colleges you're an athlete you're just yeah. different, dude. It's different. It's, it's different, especially those big dudes. It's, it's uh, some of those scary. Those dudes are freaks, <laughs> freaks. And yeah. I remember watching the draft last year, like some of the like the or the combine mm-hmm. last year, and the dude that um, got drafted by Tampa, uh, the, the off of the tackle, uh, Werfs. Mm. He same same thing. Massive dude. I don't know. It's like three forty or something. Yeah, he ran a, a freak f- high four. Yeah, didn't he? yeah, freak like four four eight probably like four yeah. seven. I'm like you're faster than me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like you outweigh me by ninety pounds. Like what's going on here? Right. What I but, do wrong? Um, uh, yeah, it's 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 insane. Mm-hmm. It's insane. So yeah. coming into the NFL, then what was your entrance like? Like from a scouting combine or yeah. any like that? Like what type of drills did you do to prove? Worthy. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So, um, so coming out, so I finished LSU in twenty. That that my last season was twenty fifteen. And you got that so, degree. Yes. Boom. Yes. Yeah. Started on my master's. Didn't finish it yet. Hopefully someday I'll go back and finish that. But, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, got got uh, got undergrad. Um, so spring of twenty sixteen, uh, started the the draft process. The like doing my combine training didn't go to the com didn't get a combine invite um i'll I'll save that for the end but uh started the draft process was working out at a place in atlanta um going you know about four times a week monday monday tuesday thursday friday um and working out and running and stuff and doing my training that way and uh ended up getting so going through the draft process trying to trying to piece piece it all together uh in in kind of like midway through through my training 
Um, there's a guy, his name's Gary Zahner. He runs uh, kind of like a, a college senior combine for guys that are coming out um, like I was. He'll run, it'll be, you can go there for snappers, punters, and kickers, kind of like the camps that I did go to. Mm-hmm. But this, this is kind of like uh, NFL transition, kind of like next step, next level, I guess. Um, but not a pro day? No. Or well, like a pro I did. Day? A, I did a pro day, but it, this is a, this okay. is a, this is this is like a camp. It was out in Arizona. It's it's okay. it's like um, he does like one of them every year. Mm-hmm. So he'll your video testing and all this stuff. You you know see how many times you can put it on his hip out of fifteen snaps or whatever, and you know laces on field goals stuff mm-hmm. like that. You get you get tested, and um, those those test results are spit out to NFL coordinators or you know scouts guys that are you know looking for specialists upcoming uh, punters and kickers too um so i did that camp did really well i think i finished second or something and um and then kept went home and basically kept training i did i I played in the um nflpa senior bowl which was really really cool uh it's i think it's kind of the the alternate to the senior bowl down in uh, alabama but uh Kept doing my training, went, kind of finished all that up, the camps and stuff, and, and went home and just finished my – really just did did some training on my own. Uh, trained with Pat uh, Patrick Manley. He snapped for the Bears for a long time. He knew um, the guy that was training me in Atlanta at his facility. So he came down and worked with me for, for a day. That was really cool. Learned a lot uh, from him. And uh, re- and when the draft came up, um, I had – you know, I had my list of teams. I, I went 1-32 to – um, and basically ranked them based on who I talked to, who, who's reached out to me, um, you know, what, how much contact, you know, what their situation was, what the money situation was, how long has this guy been here, blah, 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 blah. And kind of had all 32 teams, you know, split up into tiers almost. And once the draft rolled around, like it was go time. And it was pretty exhilarating kind of, on that day three, because I knew, you know, day one, day two, no chance. Um, maybe for some long snapper someday who's some freak athlete. But uh, <laughs> I knew day three, like day three was when it was going down. Yeah. Whether that was draft or undrafted, like I had to be ready to make a decision one way or yeah. the other. And um, so went through, you know, that day three rolls around, uh, round, you know, four, round four, round five, six, you know, kind of in contact with my agent, you know, hey, such and such, you know, they might be interested. They've got two picks left, you know, blah, 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 blah. And got a call from a coach, you know, hey, we're, you know, we might take you, you know, we're, I'm I'm, I'm real, I'm putting your name in the hat, you know, blah, and I knew, you know, it's, it's all, you take it with a grain of salt mm-hmm. at that point because it's, you know, that's just part of it. They're just right. trying to, that's that, they're, they're trying to pull for you because if they don't get you, they want to sign you after the draft because they want to bring you in for a right. competition or whatever, you know, if they really like you, whatever it may be. So uh, the coach, he's not there anymore, but the coach from Detroit, um, special teams coordinator that was there, uh, they were pretty high on my list because he had he'd done a private workout with me, you know, had called me a bunch, you know, really kind of put some time into developing a, a somewhat of a relationship. And um, he was like, all right, we're looking, you know, we're looking – uh, we've got we're coming up here in 20 picks or something we got you you know you're on the board and they took another snapper out of Baylor who went to the senior bowl so I was just like okay so a little slap in the face mm-hmm. I was like okay but but you know the the cliche you know 
chip on the shoulder, you know, that's, yep. go out and prove them wrong. So after, so at the end of the draft, uh, my agent called me and he, he had uh, the Bills and um, the Washington football team on, you know, at the time, mm-hmm. not that, but um, he had them, both teams on the phone. Uh, the Bills were offering me a spot through training camp uh, and, and um, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of money on the side. And, you know, but undrafted guys, you can't offer a ton of money anyway. But, um, you know, a little bit of an incentive to sign there. And then Washington was offering me basically a rookie, um, like a rookie minicamp tryout. You know, you kind of were, okay, come in for this, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday minicamp where all the rookie, you know, bring in all the rookies. And then we'll keep some of the guys that we think can, you know, that we want to carry through training camp. So it was easy for me. I, you know, I was just like, all right, Buffalo. And oddly enough, Buffalo was like 21 on my list. Like I didn't even, I'd never heard from Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Uh, never, you know, I, 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 I wasn't expecting to hear from them. Uh, so it was a nice surprise uh, to obviously get a call from them and, and have them be as interested as they were. Uh, so I came in, uh, spent the whole off season, went through training camp, um, and that that 2016 season was the last. Uh, year that they had the two cut dates they did one after oh, the third right. game mm-hmm. and then uh the f- after the fourth game so uh after the third they cut from 90 to 75 i was part of that cut so i missed the fourth game um and was was home kind of just uh was home on my couch still working out and stuff but kind of leading up to that i, I um i re- you know i felt like i did su- you know I, I had a really good camp really good off season felt like i learned a lot but um, the guy that was here before me, his name's Garrison Sanborn. He, uh, I think he was here for eight years uh, before, prior to me. And um, he was a good snapper, taught me a lot. And, you know, I, I appreciate that. But, uh, you know, I thought there was a chance that they could keep me. Uh, looking back on it, you know, it's probably not a huge surprise that they decided to cut me. But I was basically home for uh, about two months, September, mm-hmm. October. And um, they called me back November 1st. I'll never forget. I was in the Chick Fil A drive-through, and of course, you know, I loved love Chick Fil A. That's my people, and I had just like I had just pulled out of the drive-through like with my you know like uh, egg white grill or something. That's like my favorite breakfast sandwich. Um, So I had just uh, no free advertisements. I had just appreciate you. Yeah, I had just pulled out of the drive-through, and I got a call from uh, the the ops guy. And he was like, hey, we're going to bring you back on practice squad. Um, you know, I've got a flight for you in four hours or something. And Jesus. I was like, all right, I'll see you there. And I, like, hung the phone <laughs> up. And my appetite, I lost my appetite. That's the only time I'll ever not be hungry for Chick-fil-A, right? It was nuts. I was like, what is going on right now? It was t- completely took me by surprise. Like, right. For those two months, we I had really, I'd been working, like, odd jobs, like walking dogs mm-hmm. in my neighborhood, you know, just for, like, some side cash just to just to like keep myself busy like while I was working out and all this kind of stuff so um, and on on Saturdays we were driving back and forth to like Baton Rouge when they had a home game to watch my brother play like that was that was kind of my life for like two months um, you know fortunate that it was only two months I know for some guys you know it's, it, it takes a lot longer when you're cut to kind of get back in the league but it's it's a time it's a huge timing thing especially for uh, for specialists. Um, so yeah, I mean, I got the call and I, you know, next thing I know I was on a flight, I packed, packed a big bag. Yeah. What'd you pack? I, well, I didn't know. You, I mean, what's so, your thought process? Well, right. So, so like, at that point you don't know how long you're staying, you know, right. you're, 
you could, I could be up there for a week. I could be up here, you know, for the for the rest of the season. And I think it was like week, it was like week eight when they called me back, and we were going into the. It was the week leading into the Monday night game against Seattle in Seattle. Um, we almost beat them, but uh, that that was the week I got called back. And then the bye week was the next week, so that was pretty nice. Kind of like get my bearings. This was all in 2016. 20, yeah, 2016 yeah. season, and um, and so yeah, so I came up here, um, and they put me up in a hotel for for about a week. The and, extended uh, stay. Yeah, the extended. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so then and and kind of I, I practiced all week. You know, I practiced two or three days a week, kind of run scout team and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, and at the end of the season, they signed me to a futures deal, uh, like a two year, it's like a two year contract. And um, and then I think in March uh, they they released Garrison and um, that's that was like uh, that was after the after Coach McDermott and I, I don't know if Bean had gotten here yet but uh, that was Coach McDermott and his staff they came in and um, they cut the other guy and, and kept me and that's kind of when it when it when it got really real and um, when I when I heard that news. Um, I was working a job at a chiropractor's office, like doing like ultrasounds on, like, like really, yeah, just like minimal rehab work on some people, just to keep myself busy. I had been going to this chiropractor for ten years, you know, at this point. So um, he was just like, you know, just give me a job, um, you know, something for the off season while I'm working out. And uh, I was at work one day and got the news, and I just like my heart just like exploded. I was like. No freaking way! This is happening right <laughs> so, now. So like in March all of all time, like it was so it was the ran- most random time, right? And um, and yeah, and I've, I've and I've been here ever since. So and that was all agent. Like, were you like so? Obviously, we don't know what the hell happens. So like sure. when you when you're going through that whole process trying to get signed, or you're hoping that a contract yeah. shows up for you, is that the who's ever in the front office for the organization, and then your agent, and then you're just texting your agent back and forth, like. I'll yeah. take your advice, but you're kind of like, yeah, you, you know, Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah, you don't really um, – the player the player doesn't really communicate with the team okay. as far as contract goes. It's it's mostly run through the agent. Uh, that's what the 3% is for. But, um, yeah, I mean, I have a great agent. They do a great job. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, as, as I knew, I, I was uh, – my agent kind of ex- told me to expect a futures contract after that. 16 season going into 17 then the 17 off season because um, they you know they kept me all through training camp I had done you know I had done well and then they uh, you know well enough to bring me back on practice squad you know and it's you know having a snapper or a specialist in general on the practice squad for that long um, you know is kind of odd yeah um, usually save that for you know another receiver a lineman or you know something like that so um you know, I knew that they liked me enough to keep me around for that long, especially on the practice squad through those seasons. So, um, I had, I had, I, you know, I was hoping and I had figured that a futures deal was coming along. So, uh, you know, I signed it right, you know, before, I, you know, the season ended. And then, like, that kind of same day, I signed the futures contract to, to lock, you know, they locked me up for to come back for the offseason stuff the next year and in, in the spring of 17. But, um, yeah, I mean it was it was it was a pretty cool experience. Man, yeah, it's been cool ever since. But yeah. well, right, kind of kind of cool to see. I mean, this is I just finished up my fifth year. Um, kind of cool to see, kind of the you know since the new regime has come in, how everything has changed. Did the OC change from when you first showed up to now? 
Uh, or not, I'm sorry, not OC, but the um, the special teams coordinator. Yeah. So my first, so 16, 17, and 18, I had the same guy. His name is Danny Crossman. He's actually the special teams coordinator in Miami with oh, my cool. brother. Now he drafted okay. my brother last year. <clears throat> um, he's like, I know this family. We're yeah, good. yeah, he's yeah, like, they're yeah. good people. <laughs> he knew what he, he knew what he was getting. My brother and I are very very similar snappers, but. Um, and then the last two years, uh, Heath Farwell has been the special teams coordinator. He okay. played uh, for about ten years with the Vikings and the Seahawks. Gotcha. So. Well, he's got one of the easiest jobs in the league right now. So yeah, yeah, he's uh, <laughs> yeah, we love him to death. And our assistant uh, Matthew Smiley, he's been great. He's been here um, since 2017. So he was here the year before he, uh, two years before Heath. So he's been here with me my whole my whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, they're, they're great. And then Bass and Bojo are, are great guys, yeah, too. Right. Phenomenal. So you said that you and your brother have the same techniques. Not giving away your secrets, but yeah. what are the techniques to long snapping? Sure. So a lot of it involves, you, know, uh, f- you know, the form goes into it, obviously. But uh, follow through, your hand speed, you know, how you hold your head, uh, blocking steps, all that kind of stuff kind of goes into it. And that's all on tape? So, like, yeah. what, so now that yeah, you're on the you show. you can go on the All-22 film on, like, NFL.com or whatever and look it up and I could sit there and roll you through. Do you do that? So is that yeah. part of your... Is oh that, yeah, okay. every week, yeah, yeah. I, I watch, I, I, try to, I try to lay my eyes on every punt every week just to watch guys across the league and kind of see see my competition, see how I'm Do you emulate up. anybody? Because um, there's like there's a lot of wide receivers that are like I love what 17 for right. for Green Bay does so I right. like I watch how his, you know, his release off the line. So yeah. like, do you guys do that? Um... A, a little bit, not much. Okay. Kind of, uh, I would say my, I would say most of my emulation of guys across the league, and it's not really one guy, it's a handful of guys, but a lot of it is pre-snap mm-hmm. uh, as far as, you know, looking around and reading the defense and kind of, um, you know, not giving anything away, but kind of uh, trying to draw guys off sides yeah. or, you know, whatever right. it may be. But then once 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 you're kind of locked into the snap itself, that's that's where my form takes over, and it's really it's really me. It's not me trying to emulate anybody else. And who yeah. who um, who hikes the ball if it's a punt? Uh, me. What do you mean? So oh, well, you talking about the PP? Yeah, like so the like, personal protector. So he's the one calling the shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So uh, Jaquan Johnson. Yeah. Um, he's a, a safety. But uh, he's he's been the PP for two years. Uh, the, he was a rookie last year, so his first two years, he does a great job. Yeah. That's fascinating because yeah, that's yeah. a whole side of the ball. Yeah, yeah. He's got to like read here. the defense. He makes the call, the blocking calls, and everything. So, yeah, yeah. He does a great job. That's crazy. Yeah. So when you're he talking threw about the fake too uh, in New England. That's yeah. right. Oh yeah. yeah. That's right. Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> got a heck of an arm. <laughs> so when you talk about laces out for field goals, sure. is that your responsibility to spin it correctly so then yep. Corey can set it? Or yeah, is that all for- uh, 95% me. Really? It's 5%. He's just got to catch it the same every time. Yep. So I, so I So on a punt, I don't have a football with this, but wild. on a punt, the laces will be, you know, I grab the laces like I'm throwing a football, you know, right underneath. So the laces will be in my fingers. Uh, but on a field goal, um, eight yards, uh, the tip of the ball, I don't, ha- I don't put the tip of the ball at eight yards. Um, I put it a little behind the hash uh, to get the laces right. So it's about four inches in front of, if this is the bottom of the hash mark, this is eight yards, the ball will be here-ish to get, uh, to get perfect laces every time. 
Dude. Yeah. And that's the, and uh, and I have to rotate it um, like a quarter spin. So that so that the laces. <laughs> He's are like, right. you, you yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I'm talking no, about. No, like, I'm trying I'm just... to I'm trying to like uh, <laughs> the laces are the laces are in my thumb. Okay. It's a quarter spin this way, right? Yeah. Uh, clockwise. Yeah. So the laces are not here. They're in. in so I'm grab. I'm like my fingers are are not grabbing laces. If, if that makes sense. And there's no gloves, right? No gloves. Some guys wear gloves. The indie guy uh, wears gloves. Um, the Cincy guy wears gloves. I think I I want to say they're the only two. And you're just ripping it. Yeah, yeah. That's... I've tried with gloves. It's hard, man. It's hard. I don't know. Well, you just hard. got such a feel for it, cause you... yeah, it's it's I yeah. I mean, it's it's. Um, Probably in the in the rain, it would make a it would make yeah. a difference if you knew how to do it because you you're getting the same feel on the ball with a glove every time. Um, but playing, I mean, playing up here for five years, you kind of learned to you learned to yeah. snap in the rain. With yeah, uh, with yeah. it being that quick of a, a play, does wind affect it at all if it's really blowing? Yeah, um, in the I think it was the the Baltimore game, the Baltimore playoff game, or no. Yeah. No, you're right. No, yeah. Because they, they missed game. a bunch. Yeah. Um, like some of the punt snap, the field goal snaps, not as much because it's, you know, quick yeah. eight yards. But uh, the punts, the punts, 15, you know, it's pretty much twice the distance. Um, it that that kind of once it gets past eight yards, that's where the wind can can play a factor. So, um, and and if you're so if you're in our stadium. Uh, and you're so the wind comes if you're looking at the scoreboard not the you know opposite the tunnel side if you're looking at the scoreboard to the left that's where the wind comes in and it kind of swirls from the lake right so if you're snapping towards the scoreboard um, that's where the wind can affect it the most so you got you just got to really hone in on your spiral and making sure your 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 thumbs your thumb placement is right and you can get a tight spiral on it because that'll make a difference so It'll really just blow it like side to side, yeah. which is the biggest thing. You know, sure. up and down is not a huge. You know, he he can catch it up here. He can catch it on his knees. It's not a huge difference. You know, I try to hit him on the hip every time, but um, side to side is where it could potentially you know, go have an issue. Yeah, yeah. So do you? Obviously, you've been to every stadium. So almost, almost, almost. So, I, I I missed. I think I have well between preseason and regular season games over my five years. There's like six that I'm missing. Okay. And I missed San Francisco this year because we had to play in Arizona, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah, that's right. Because yeah. of their county and then, or whatever. And um, I think that was it. I think that was the only one. I was supposed to hit San Francisco to knock that one off the bucket list. Gotcha. So, so when you do you have like field <laughs> notes? You, you'll get there. Yeah, yeah. You got like field notes of each stadium? So like um, you know our stadium. So like the wind sure, comes from this side. Do you sure. have a field note for each stadium? I think um, not for every stadium, um, but definitely the ones that we play in the most: uh, New England, mm-hmm. Miami, New York, you know, Jets, um, and then some of the AFC stadiums that we played a couple times. But uh, really, the division games is is where you remember the most. Okay. Yeah. How does we talk about laces out for field goals? But what is your technique for punting? Uh, Do you have to have laces in a certain way for? Uh, no, it's yeah. it's uh, no, it's it's just get it there. It's too very mm-hmm. the variance is too high based on the ro- you know the rotation of the ball and kind of where he catches it. Yeah, um, it doesn't matter. He spins it in his hand anyway. Yeah. I, okay. He he spins it when I give him laces up. You know, if he catches it, you know, on his hip and the laces are up where he 
likes it, like where like where they're ideal, he'll still spin it like just because it's a mental thing sure. now, just because that's part of his. You know, he'll catch it, spin it, step, punt. Mm-hmm. Right, that's just part of it. So it doesn't really matter where the laces are. He's still, he's still gonna spin it. So you're like, thanks, bro. Yeah, I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> when we're talking offense and a center goes down, so like if Mitch Morris went down, you would never There's step no in. No chance. <laughs> because because Let me of emphasize your that again. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> Because of the blocking no aspect of yeah. it, yeah, yeah, bad? those uh, everything. Aaron, I mean, you, him, uh, you think I'd go out there and block Aaron Donald? <laughs> I don't think so. Right? I I, it's so. yeah. yeah. Plus, you have to literally know every single yeah. thing about yeah, yeah. basically everything. There's, there's, they, they'd put, they'd put a D lineman in there before me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just not even close. <laughs> no. I, I yeah. No. Okay. I got asked our OC at LSU my senior year. He said. Uh, it was, his name was Cam Cameron. He coached the Chargers for a while. He came up to me at practice one day in training camp, and he was like, uh, hey, um, do you mind if I grab you one day to kind of go over some emergency center plays? I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, the SEC guys are, you know, they're as big as guys we're playing against no doubt. now yeah. on Sundays. Yeah. Um, if You know, if I was somewhere else, if some, you know, a smaller school, I'd be like, you know, this, I could – probably make it happen you know 230 235 you know i could hold my own maybe um just cut the guy every time right yeah right <laughs> take yeah. these out um but no i mean it, he never he never circled back with me and and told me the plays or anything so i just kind of brushed it off but um yeah i've, I've i have yet to be asked in buffalo if That's i good. will take an emergency center is staff. that a thing throughout the league or no i is like Snappers, yeah, being no, I okay. highly doubt it. Yeah. Since it's since it's um, it, early two thousands is kind of when I, I when I think it started changing um, in the NFL to be uh, guys started specializing in it um, and it became their main position. Whereas old, you know, in the older times, uh, I say older times, ninety, you know, mm-hmm. pre two thousand maybe. You know, that backup tight ends, you know, if you could learn how to snap and just get it back there, um, then then that's kind of what you did. You were a, you were a second-string tight yeah. end and the long snapper, right? But nowadays, special teams, it's so, um, it's so detailed mm-hmm. uh, that the snap has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. The, the laces have to be perfect, right? Like little, little different things like that is, is so specialized that you have to have a guy – like myself, like 32, there's 31 other guys like me who only focus on snapping. Yeah. yeah. So some guys might be athletic enough to play. You know, there's a handful of guys out there that are, you know, 6'3, 250, mm-hmm. right, that could block as a tight end or something, you know, go out there and do it, but they're snappers first. Yeah. And they could do that. So, God forbid either. you went down, who would replace you? Uh, so Lee Smith probably okay. uh, he did it in Oakland a couple years ago I think he was the emergency guy and had to go in I think he told me he went in uh, had to go in a couple times maybe two or three times in his career to, uh, just to get the job done so yeah so this past season you had the opportunity to get mic'd up yes so <laughs> tell us about that experience and what was that how does that work like do you get a nod like how do you find out you're, you're uh, they asked me it. earlier in the week. They're like, "Hey, would you be comfortable?" Who? Um, like the media people. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
like the, I don't know, uh, videographer people. Yeah. So um, they asked me, they were like, hey, you know, you're, we're playing at home, last game of the season. You're playing your brother. You know, are you interested in being mic'd up? Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, I've done it for preseason games the past two years mm-hmm. prior to this year. Um, we were 2 no. And um, so I was just like, sure, why not? And, oh, and, and uh, so it's it a running joke that I call it, we call it the mic'd up miracle. Because both games, the first, the first game I was mic'd up, we played in Chicago in the preseason, and that was A.J. McCarron. We came back, we were like down 24-3 or something, and it was the fourth preseason game, and we came back to win. In Chicago. So the next year, this was not this past season, the year prior, uh, the fourth preseason game. Mm-hmm. Hey, Reed, you want to get mic'd up again? Sure, why not? Uh, we were playing the Colts, and we were down, and we came back and won. Tyree Jackson. So, mic'd up miracle 2.0. So, I had to keep the streak running. That's it. We didn't come <laughs> back on Miami, but we blew them out. Yeah, yeah so. which, I, honestly, that's better. Yeah. yeah. Plus, so, you can just rub it in your face. I was about to say, 2-0, oh, you know, go up, gain another game in the in the record books on Blake. Never a bad never bad in my book. But, so yeah, 3-0, oh, mic'd up. So That's incredible. Yep. So, now that you're in Buffalo, what have you done to embrace the community? Are you a part of any organizations locally, or how is – what are you doing here? Sure. So, um, what, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a part here? of I've, – I've done um, – and again, humbly speaking, I've done, I've tried to do as much charity work mm-hmm. as possible, mm-hmm. working with uh, the food bank downtown, handing out food like for Thanksgiving and stuff. Um, I work with the JDRF charity here, uh, the, the chapter in Western New York. Uh, my brother's type one diabetic, so um, my fir- the first two years, uh, 2017, 2018, I did my my cause, my cleats uh, through JDRF. I designed them for my brother. Um, so that was pretty cool. So I've tried to do some acti- some events with them, uh, donations and stuff like that, and, and some charity work. And uh, all, and then last year I did the Veterans One Stop Center um, of Western New York. Uh, did my cleats for them, uh, f- donations and stuff like that. Raised some money for them. And then um, I think this past year, uh, with you know, I know we weren't going to bring. I tried not just to bring it up. I tried not to bring it up. Uh, just with with COVID and everything coming up, uh, or you know happening, um, I've tried. You know, small businesses really took a hit everywhere, mm-hmm. not just Western New York. But uh, since this is where I'm located, and this is where I have a little bit of a uh, circle of influence, mm-hmm. like a, you know, a minor circle as big as a long snapper can have. Um, I tried. I just you know I'm, I tried to get out and support as much as I can. You know, first lines are great. Um, example you know I'm, I'm trying to support these guys you know they started during uh right you know during the covid era uh so you know trying to spread the word about how great they are how good their beer is you know i love beer so uh, getting getting out and 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 trying to and, and you know you can you can donate as much as you want but really I think getting out and spread it and, and uh, word of mouth mm-hmm. is, is the best advertisement there is. Um, so that's kind of, you know, I try to, on, on some of my socials, like during the season, I would try to push, I'm trying, you know, try to push small business awareness, um, different places around Western New York, trying, you know, I bought a bunch of my Christmas stuff from like small business places mm-hmm. this year um, and got a bunch of great feedback from a lot of places that, 
uh, saw some increased revenue from uh, whether it was myself or some of my buddies that were pushing these these uh, these storefronts. And um, I mean, it's 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 uh, I tr- I just try to be a blessing to to these people as much as I can because I appreciate so much of what Buffalo has given to me in five years. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, as, as much as I can give back, as I, I try to give back as much as possible. So people are great here. Yeah. So that was my question. So what is your like attitude or like your overall opinion on Buffalo coming from Georgia? You know, kind of ideally wanted to go to Detroit just based on relationships and that sure. whole process with them, and then getting picked up by us. Like, what was that like? Sure. Yeah. So for <laughs> right off the bat, um, I'm a big Yankees fan. So I thought I'd be going to Yankees games every weekend. Oh, I'm that's, like, that's yeah, funny. This is awesome. Go to New York. <laughs> I looked on a map and I'm like, seven hours. <laughs> and that's what? not that's not including traffic, <laughs> not dude. Not including traffic. Yeah. I'm like, what is this? Yep. Where am I going? Yep. I honestly didn't know. And that's not a dig to Buffalo. So no, all yeah, no, you're not alone. But if you if you're if you're going up, to Toronto Blue Jays game, south, you know, south of uh, Kentucky, you have no idea. Yeah, you just don't know. Um, you know the you know the Bills you know have a have a team, but you pro- I mean I tell people that I'm seven hours from the city. They're like, what? You're where? I'm like, yeah, we're right off Lake Erie. They're like, where's Lake Erie? I'm like, right up north of Ohio. I don't like this is where we are. We're a complete other side of the state than than New York City. But um, yeah. It's, uh, sorry, I, I completely forgot your question. No, so, you're good. Your your whole like. Your opinion on Buffalo? What, yeah, yeah. So, good food, mm-hmm. better people. That's kind. Oh, that's God. kind of what I put that on a drink, boys. Let's go. <laughs> that's kind of what I've garnered from my time here in Buffalo. I mean, the the people are phenomenal. I mean, it's it's as, it's Southern hospitality in New York. Really. And we had I mean, Chick-fil-A now. Yeah, and, yeah, a couple of them. And it's phenomenal. <laughs> it's phenomenal. I try talk about a small business I like to support. Yeah. 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 One yeah. of the largest chains are in I every know. airport, but I let know. me tell you something. I know. That breakfast I know. sandwich. It's incredible. Incredible. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, we, we basically just – obviously, you know our mission. That's why we wanted to work with you because you're – you're hell-bent on helping small businesses, yeah. as are we. So that's why this made a ton of sense. Obviously, it's just nice that you're a bill. That's, that's a sure. nice little caveat. But, yeah, so we we like to get outsiders' perspectives because uh, we have a lot of friends that are in Carolinas and stuff, yeah. hence, hence my love for Clemson. But yeah. it is what it is. We'll hold it against you. Yeah. <laughs> no, <you're good. laughs> cool. Well, thank you, man, so much for your time. We really Absolutely. appreciate it. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. It was great. Yeah. Absolutely. Good time. So thank you, and thank you, First Line, for letting us record here. This is awesome. Appreciate your voice. Delicious we love beer. your beer. So, yeah, cool. Yep. Thanks, Reed. Appreciate Absolutely. Thanks, Thank you guys. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.